Welcome to the, as I don't even know what edition this is. We are still, we're <laughs> still struggling edition of Sharing Socks. I'm uh, Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son of West Coast correspondent, Will. We're recording this on uh, Friday the 23rd, which is after the Texas series, which was, I don't know what, the 43rd consecutive series lost to uh, non-AAAL uh, Central teams. And before Boston comes into town. I noticed that Boston is actually a favorite against Giolito on Friday night. Normally, home teams are given a huge bonus, and then you get the best of your pitchers, even though Lucas hasn't been totally lights out. You should be a very solid favorite, even with a team with a better record, but they're not. White Sox right now 32 and 44, 12 games under uh, 500 uh, in fourth place. That's kind of what it is. Dakota says 75 and 87 will be the final tally with a 2.3% chance of making the playoffs and uh, some 12 games behind Minnesota. 538 says even worse, 74 and 88. But they say an 8% chance of making the playoffs because they think Minnesota and Cleveland are even worse than Dakota thinks they'll be. we faced this, but on the Triple AL Central, I got to say they're one fifty nine and two fifteen. So as a division, would have the worst record in the league except for the A's. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think all those predictions are really generous. Um, I I don't see a a world where we win seventy five games right now. Uh, it's possible, but everything would have to change. Um, and I just don't see anything. Really it's the Zach Remillard thing. He'll just come in and win every game. With a, hey, keep on. Yeah. A shout out to Zach Remillard. Heck of a debut. Really, really cool. Uh, but other than that, there's not a lot to celebrate. I think it is a little bogus that Giolito is not favored at home tonight. Uh, Giolito is definitely a bright spot in what's been going on with this lackluster team. So I think that's a little bit of a cold well, the, blow the guy from Vegas. The guy who's pitching, Rayon Bello, pitching for Boston, has got an ERA around 2.2 or something. He's only fished a few games. Fairly new to the major leagues, that's that's murder for the White Sox. It'd be best if he'd never been in the major leagues and was coming up from single A with a 9.4 ERA for Boston's point of view. Right, right, right. <laughs> but but I, I, I want some quick things here. 30th in the majors in on-base percentage. Oh, I had circled that stat. It was the first one I was going to bring up. 30th in <laughs> on-base percentage. They've moved up to 29th in walks. Keep going back and forth with the Nationals, depending on any given game on any given day. Impressive. Uh, but for speed, they're 22nd in stolen bases. Batting average is 21st. OPS is 26th. Uh, but this, you know, they've been talking Stony and – We'd be going like crazy in, in, in the booth. And they going, homers, homers. We haven't had enough homers. Well, we've got to have homers. Well, now they're right in the middle. 85 homers is exactly major league average. And it's done them no good. This last streak where they're just putting out of the park left and right, nine consecutive solo home runs. And the wow. ones on each end were two. The only home run more than two was the Grand Slam by Berger, the walk-off Grand Slam where all they needed to do was hit a medium fly ball. Yep. <laughs> they didn't need it. Uh, I mean, the well, fielding... I, I, I think it's uh, pretty easy to 
figure out why we're hitting solo home runs when we're 30th and on base percentage. Yes, nobody, nobody, nobody's <laughs> on there. Uh, fielding, the R-Tot, which is like oozer, you know, the range factors and all that, 27th. And defensive runs saved, 29th, according to baseball reference. Pitching, uh, runs per game, 23rd. DRA plus 24th, FIP 25th, so it's not the field. And in giving away walks, the only team worse is the A's. Wow. <laughs> so it's it's a universal collapse. It's not just, well, the pitching has been so hot or the hitter's got to come around. It's everything. Correct. Yeah, everything. There, There is not a number to look at that feels good. There, There just isn't at this point. And... Yes, we're what six games back of the Twins. That's only six back because the Twins are at five hundred. Seems like uh, something you could overcome, but I just don't see. Even if the Twins continue at their five hundred pace, and Cleveland is now, I, uh, I think Cleveland's. I'm, I'm saying Cleveland now because they've they've had yeah. a lot of injuries, especially to pitchers. And when you survive, I mean, uh, McKenzie's out again, and yet. The, they come up forever and do these things. And some guys are starting to hit Bell, who hadn't been hitting for, I don't know, the first two months, is starting to put it out of the park. Now, of course, Ramirez is tremendous. Some of the other, Juan is improving. I, I think it's going to be Cleveland at the end. I but think it's going to be Cleveland to... by quite a lot, actually. I think yeah. Cleveland's going to end up running away with the division. Um, I think none of these teams would make the playoffs if, there wasn't a guaranteed spot oh, no. at the top of the oh, division. If, if, speaking of playoffs, I've come up with a strategy for other teams. Okay. If you are in the wild card mix at the end of the year, which nobody in this division will be, but you know, it could be Toronto, it could be the Yankees, Baltimore, uh, Houston, or or LA, or or uh, Texas, whoever is there. Any of it. If you're in the mix, it's boy. You can't make the play. You can't win the division. You're going to be be a wild card. I would work in the last month. You can't do it. Can't show it. But I would work in the last month. I I would have the left-handed batters bat righty and the right-handed batters bat lefty and the pitchers throw with their wrong hand to get the sixth seed. Because if you get the sixth seed, you'll be playing the winner of the Triple AL Central. All those other teams are tough. <laughs> you know, you, you know what. If you're the fifth seed, you got to play the four who's going to be a really good team or vice versa. But if you're sixth, you get kind of a first round bye. And then you go to the two rather than the one. So as for right now, you play Texas instead of well, instead of uh, Tampa Bay. I think but, that's a – I mean, <laughs> it's, it's obviously way too early to be thinking about that if you're a team, but that is something to be thinking about. I think when you get to the end of the season, the five and six teams are going to be – Really trying to battle each other for sixth, because uh, it would be way nicer to face Cleveland or Minnesota in that first series than it would be to face any. Well, Minnesota, of the Minnesota other won teams. a playoff game once, two thousand two or something. They, they, That's true. That's a really good point. Playoff games. They have won game. a playoff game. What series? Two thousand games. Yeah, they have still not won a game. They are they are on that that horrendous streak. Uh, that's another reason I think Cleveland is going to end up being the team. Minnesota just seems to have a little, a mini curse going right now. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's embarrassing. The, the AL Central is embarrassing. The only division even close to being as embarrassing is the NL Central. And 
there are at least teams in the NL Central that are fun to watch. Uh, Reds, they were, I think they're still on the streak, right? Eleven in a row, yeah. and they got this Reds rookie still on the streak. Phenomenal. Ellie um, De La Cruz, one of the most exciting guys to watch. Joey Votto coming back and homering in his first game back. The Reds are are really exciting. Uh, the rest of the teams I don't really believe in, but the Reds could do something I'm, interesting. You know, I think Milwaukee's just a little better and, and, and will end up on top in the end. On paper, they should be, but they're certainly not proving to be at, at, at this point no, in time. No, they but struggle. the AL Central is an absolute joke. Uh, Kansas City should be embarrassed. The fact that the White Sox are behind Oakland in any categories – and I realize, you know, we had a whole movie made uh, in 2002 about on-base percentage in the Oakland Athletics. Still not a good excuse to be behind them in <laughs> on-base percentage. This, this is a team now, granted, this is an Oakland A's team that swept the Brewers in Milwaukee. Uh, so they might it's actually a be great. Well, You, you you froze there. That was uh, an interesting thing. You kept talking, but your your face froze. Oh, sorry about that. That happens sometimes. I get a little uh, face stage fright, and I freeze up a little bit. <laughs> but it looks like looks like we're back on track. Uh, yeah, the, there's just there's just no help for this AL Central. I I think whoever ends up winning it's out in the first round. Uh, it's it's so. Pathetic. But you know, if they if the White Sox were to somehow do this, and I don't believe in a minute they could they will fly that flag al central champs 2023 and they'll brag we won the division we were division champs in 2020 and it's just pathetic pathetic which brings us to uh what do you do you know uh i was just today looking through other teams places like Southside Sox with other teams are saying here are the trade possibilities with the White Sox. Here's what we should trade with the White Sox. Here's what we should do with the lots of them are doing because they're presuming they'll get some. Giolito comes up first. Giolito was on some uh podcast where he said, Oh no, I love Chicago. I want to stay. He hasn't said that all year, so he's he's setting up something there. Um well, I, think, then I, I bet the I Dodgers mean, get Giolito. That's 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 my bet. He's from Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, he he went to high school just down the street from me. I, you know, uh, the talk around LA is, is very hopeful that we would get Giolito. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, these prices go up and Giolito's probably going to cost a pretty penny, but he is also just a rental. So uh, he won't cost as much as, you know, there, Dylan Cease's name has been in the conversation as well, but Dylan Cease is going to cost a fortune because. He's under contract control. Uh, most of the guys that other teams would find desirable are not available in reality. You know, Luis Robert is a guy that other teams would really want, but he's under contract for and, so and long. I just want to something. He was not in the top six as a finalist for the All-Star game. You know, the top six outfielders in that. that that's that's a shame. He, he, he deserves to be in that. But he'll be in the All-Star game. But uh, – It'll be picked later on, a manager's choice kind of thing. Uh, right. But anyway, yeah. back to it. Yeah, the, the, the Giolito, a uh, lot of talk about Tim, Tim Anderson. Um, 
the problem there for all of these things for the White Sox, other than the fact that Rick Hahn would be making the decision and it'll be all screwed up instead of getting the best prospects from other teams, they'll, they'll get the trades. But the the problem comes in. There's no there's nobody to replace them. You know, if you're Cleveland, oh yeah, we got eleven more starting pitchers, so we can we can trade one of these. If you're Chicago, there's there's not a starting pitcher in the system, not one. No. Uh, if you if, where, where do you go for shortstop? Your your <laughs> your your prized your prized prospect played his first game this week of of, of, the, of this season, and he's years away, at least two or three years away. So Montgomery's not going to be a choice to go into shortstop. Yeah, I mean Montgomery's uh, still only twenty one. You know, he's he's young. He's yeah, I mean gonna he's, be up to I, he's going to be the shortstop. Yeah, but he's not. He's, he's two or three years away. Uh, so you're in the same situation. Andrus can handle it defensively. Um, isn't hitting anything at all. Maybe Zach Remillard <laughs> put it in there. Uh, well, and Andrus is one of the names thrown out there for for trade bait. But I just don't know who would want him. Why? Why you would want Elvis Andrus? Anyway, he's, it, he is. He's been talking. He he did an interview just a few days ago. And said, "Well, I and and Tim also did an interview revealing all his off the field." problems and, and talking all about it but that could have a lot to do with why he basically stinks in all aspects of the game right now but uh he's saying well i'm a shortstop and i expect to get shortstop money he's not really a shortstop i just wrote a piece which will be up about the same time this is looking back at white stop white Sox shortstops through history he is the old who who are more than a year or two guys guys who held it for a while you know going back to alexei and, and ozzy and of course, after he owns him, he's the only one who stunk defensively. I mean, none of them were negative. I, I used Artot just because you need to use something. Uh, and that's a kind of overall picture. And that also, they've been able to go backwards to 1953 to use stats to, to develop that. The only other one, this is interesting, who's negative was Bucky Dent. Bucky oh. Dent was... Bucky Dent with the White Sox for four years was horrible defensively, horrible, as bad as Tim, same number, minus five per year average. He went to the Yankees and from the first year on was a defensive superstar. And I commented that maybe the Yankees have coaches or something. <laughs> well, it's, it's quite possible. It's not like he gradually got better with the Yankees. He went from like a minus 12 with the, with the, White Sox do a plus 20 with the Yankees just overnight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, you know, they talk about Tim Anderson coming to LA as well. And, and you know, I have managed to uh, calm people's uh, excitement at that possibility because at first people are like, oh, we could get Tim Anderson. I'm like, if you want a 260 guy who doesn't take walks, can't field, and hasn't hit a single home run. In 2023. And, and, and used to hit 15 or so a year. Um, I think he's had yeah. years where he got to 20. I mean, it's it's just insane that he has not put – between him and Ben Attendee finally got one to go out. But Ben Attendee, you know, famously now the most expensive contract in White Sox history. And we are paying a lot of money for one home run. Between Tim Anderson and Andrew Ben Attendee, we are paying a lot of money for one home run – and Ben Attendee's a, a, a solid left fielder, but you're not really pl- 
paying for defense if you're if you're paying a left fielder you know that's that's a guy designed to take up space you only notice a left fielder really if they're really bad (laughs) which is the case with our other (laughs) left fielders yeah uh but it, it's just absurd. I'm, and the idea that anyone would give up anything valuable for Tim Anderson at this point, I think, is delusion as well. Uh, he's he's just not putting yeah, up the numbers. I, I don't, Strikes I don't out a ton, doesn't walk. You're not going to get know, anything you, for him. You know, I'm not a homers guy. I, I'm not a big lever in the home run, unless you're just totally bashing. But I think other things are more important, particularly with the new rules. Speed is athletic just did a piece this week talking about how the Cardinals, who are atop the National League West, of all things, have absolutely maximized speed. They lead the you majors. You mean the Diamondbacks. I mean, I'm sorry, football and yeah. basketball. Yeah, the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Uh, have, <laughs> put St. Louis up there. Yeah, they lead the majors in taking the extra base, that kind of thing. Oh, it's speed now. You got and The White Sox, for being mediocre in home runs, never get on base. And then the, the speed is bad. They're forty six or twenty second in stolen bases out of, out of thirty teams. So forty six of them. Um, and I realize we have a handful of guys that run like they've got pianos on their backs, but the fact that we only have that we're twenty second in stolen bases with the speed of some of these guys is pretty embarrassing. Um, I mean, you have to get on first base to steal second base, and we don't do that. Uh, you have to get on second base to steal third base, and we rarely do that. So. Uh, it makes the opportunities few and far between. But other teams, I mean, the the Diamondbacks are the perfect example. On paper, our talent is as good as the Diamondbacks. It should we should be up there with the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are playing in a much harder division, and they are utilizing every aspect of the game to win ball games. They're they're young, they're fast, they're playing smart. Clearly, great managing going on in Arizona right now. It is. Truly embarrassing to be 22nd in stolen bases when you have guys like Anderson, Ben Attendi, Luis Robert. Robert, Robert is, I, is the big one. Robert is, is not stealing bases. There are so many times. And, where, and the guy who gets the bases stolen is the one who's 105 years old, Andrus, uh, because he's smart and knows what to do and how to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. stolen bases should be fairly common right now. I mean, we're seeing such a huge uptick in stolen bases. And it's really pretty easy to do. There's only a couple catchers where you still should kind of stay put. Uh, as everyone has learned, yeah, Monty Grandolph, not one of them. Uh, you should just run anytime you're on base with the ass behind the plate. Uh, but it is really ridiculous that we don't seem to be utilizing these new rules in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not saying that that lands on Grafal, but that kind of lands on Grafal because we have some guys who should be stealing bases, and they're clearly not getting the sign to steal bases. I doubt they're just ignoring stolen base signs, uh, but they're not going for it. And to see Luis Robert get on first base and not steal second base is ridiculous with the larger bases and the new throwover rules. He should absolutely be stealing on most pitchers and catchers in Major League Baseball. This team just has no tenacity right now, no drive. And you no... know, you're going to you're going to get th- you try more steals. You're going to get thrown out on occasion. And the Sox are very good at not getting thrown out, actually. But you can't. The stolen base is the easiest way to get to second. I mean, but if, that's if the thing. If, if your success rate is eighty percent, 
no other thing you can do gets you to second base 80% of the time. Nothing. No, nothing you do in any aspect of the sport gets you 80%. I mean, this is a, this is a game where if you fail seven out of 10 times at the plate, you're having a heck of a year. I mean, the, the idea that you've got an 80% chance of getting to second base when you're on first base means you should be running every single time. Every single time, with the exception of, you know, Vaughn and Eloy and Sheets and, Grandal. you know, Grandal. And, well, now that we're listing them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very slow team. But there, there are a few guys who are fast. But we probably should go on. We're probably about about break time and come back and talk about uh, trades because they're probably going to be emptying some out. Yes, so we will take our break and we will be right back on Sharing Socks. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. The first half was all uh, positives and joy. Uh, <laughs> so this half will uh, focus on some of the other things that could be going on uh, that maybe aren't so great. Yeah, uh Trades, I I mean, our farm system is as depleted, essentially, as a farm system can be. I mean, we have absolutely nothing to offer. So we really can't be buyers at this deadline. So it is time to get rid of anyone and everyone that we can. We We are not a true team in contention. There's no outlook that says, oh, if we don't trade this year, next year will be better. Uh, in fact, it looks like we would just sit in a puddle of mediocrity or worse for the coming years if we don't sell sell everything. I was going to say sell the farm, but we don't have a farm. Uh, <laughs> we need to get rid of, of Major League Baseball players. I don't think anybody should be off limits. I, I think even the guys we have under good deals moving forward, team-friendly deals, I think they should all be up for grabs. I would support a full rebuild at this point which will go horribly wrong. Uh, but I would love yeah, the idea that, of at least trying to do it. If there's a rebuild, it comes under Jerry Reinsdorf and Ken Williams and Rick Hunt, which is <laughs> it's just stupid that, that just be so incompetent. Now, it's easier for you to say long-term, you know, another seven-year drought. You're 36. I'm Correct. 76. A seven-year drought takes me into where, if I'm alive, I may not know what a baseball is. <laughs> so, so I would prefer that they not sell everything out, but they got to do something. And, of course, they're not going to go for big free agents uh, next year. I mean, they're not going to be on, on Otani. That's Dodgers <laughs> are getting Otani. And, and, you know, maybe the Yankees will be in on the bidding. And uh, the Mets will bid. Uh, you know, the Giants might. Giants are. Giants There's might, a uh, ton of teams that baseball. could be in on Otani, and I will safely say the White Sox are absolutely not one of them. Yeah, they, so, there's I, there's I no way it. that after Ben Attendee's $77 million deal or whatever it was, they're just going to jump to $500 million for the next <laughs> one, which is probably what Otani's going to get from somebody. He's, he's probably be over four. Yeah. yeah, he is quite possibly going to be the first half half billion dollar player, and honestly deserves to be so. Everyone loves him. We live in Los Angeles, and, where Otani kind of plays, and his fan base is is international. People come from all over the world to see him play in Anaheim. Imagine if he was playing for for the Dodgers or the Giants, a real uh, franchise. 
successful franchise. Although, I mean, you know, the Angels are doing a lot better this year. However, that is... They could, they uh, could uh, buy Giolito because they really need pitching. As I, I will admit, I have become, uh, for my local team, a Dodger fan. And I will say, the Angel. this is the dream scenario for the Dodgers. If the Angels were not in contention, the Dodgers would have a way harder time because the Dodgers have the t- number three farm system in all of baseball. And anyone getting rid of Otani knows that they're getting everything. <laughs> so, uh, and, and the Dodgers would be hesitant to give up the third best farm system in baseball, even for Otani. But the fact that the Angels... Well, you're, ta- are you're talking about as, as a rental for this summer. As a rental. Yeah, yeah, so I I would say that the best case scenario was that the Angels overachieve in the first half because they're not going to win the West. They're most likely not going to make the playoffs. But for the Angels to say we're not going to trade them because we're in contention, that's a dream scenario for the Dodgers, for the Giants, and for New York because now it's just money, and those teams have money. So, uh, and, and with a couple of them, they have room next year, uh, salary wise. It's a dream scenario. It's a nightmare scenario for the angels, even though they think like, oh, if we make it, we'll possibly get to keep Otani. If he gets to see what the playoffs are like, he ain't getting to see what the playoffs are like this year. He and Mike Trout, not in the AL West where you've got, you've got a Rangers team that is pretty exceptional. You've got an Astros team that's always going to be hanging in there you've got a mariners team hold it just a second the white Sox did win a game for the rangers yes it took a phenomenally awful call by the new york review people for that to happen Uh, but it did happen (laughs) it did happen technically you're right you're right we did win one game against them um but no i think uh i I think we will not be in the market for any of the, the big free agents. I, I don't know why we would even be looking that way. So I, I personally believe we should get rid of anyone and everyone that we possibly can. I, I would love to get rid of Tim Anderson, even for the very meager return that we'll get for him at this point. Just, I don't know. I don't know that they can, you know, face of the franchise Southside Chicago, and he's but, your only black player. But he's yeah. almost not the face of the franchise anymore. That's the thing. And that's why I'm big on selling that contract because Tim has fizzled out in a way where he is not even the face of this franchise anymore. People are not excited about Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson does not seem to be in the forefront of anything anymore. He is really sort of taken a back seat yeah. in terms of leadership yeah. and in terms of... I was of, going to say, he's not the he's not the spirit guy. He, he was the team's no. spirit. He was. He's not this year. He he absolutely was. I, I would never argue that. Even when Jose Abreu was around, Tim Anderson was the pumped up guy. He was the guy we're like, yes, that's our guy. That guy is, is the White Sox. Uh, he and Abreu are, are the guys. Of course, they never really got it done together either all that much. Uh, but he has really become not the face of this franchise, which leads me to my next point, which is that there is no face of this franchise. Your your closest thing right now is Giolito, who I think is as good as gone already, uh, and I think really wants to be gone at this point. 
he is certainly seeing that over the next few years, he's not going to the playoffs. They're not going to be good. He's probably starting to get that itch. I, I call it the White Sox itch, which is uh, these guys who say, I want to play it for the White Sox forever. And then they realize a few years in that they're probably never going to go to the playoffs again if they stay with the White Sox. Uh, I think he is as good as gone. I Tim would be as good as gone, except he's so bad right now that I, I don't know what you could get for him. And I'm not sure getting rid of him because we don't have anyone who can really cover for him. If he's gone, we don't have a leadoff hitter. We don't have a shortstop. So he's, he's a, a tough guy to get rid of in, in multiple ways, but I think they really should get rid of him if they can. I, I think yeah. Tim's, Tim's tenure with the White Sox has completely fizzled. I don't think he's happy. I don't think he's, having fun. I don't think he's going to be a, an energetic leader at any point moving forward. I would also get rid of any of the good contracts we have moving forward. I would get rid of Ben Attendee if they can. I would get rid of uh, Dylan Cease if they can. I wouldn't get rid of Luis Robert because if you get rid of Luis Robert, you have nobody. Um, but Luis Robert's the one guy you could get an absolute haul for right now. Uh, that being well, said, I think not I, worth I think it. The one area where there actually are more than enough people because Rick Hunt is stupid and creating a team is the DH slash first base slash whatever other position you throw them into group. And the guy who I think you could go high on would do very well on right now, who I really don't think is going to be as good in the future. And I hope I'm wrong if he stays or wherever he goes, he's a good guy, is Burger. Yeah, Jake Berger is it's it's creaming the ball times. Although I think he's two for his last eighteen and four for his last thirty or something. So it, they found out something about him on the on the way to pitching. But still, somebody will want that muscle. He's an okay third baseman. He's he's not good, but he's not as bad as he was. He's, yeah, he's but he there. could he can play the position on days where he's not DHing if you need to rest yeah. your usual. Yeah, and you can baseman. move you can move him to first. So here's a guy, great power. Good guy, good energy. Actually, can steal a base. I mean, he looks like he couldn't roll. Surprisingly, a surprisingly good runner, and in a lot of ways, the the hardest working player on the White Sox right now. I mean, he is hustling on every play. He hits a routine ground ball. I mean, his name's Jake Berger. He looks like a burger, but he really, really runs hard down that first baseline. I mean, I have been really enjoying. Jake Berger. I agree with you that this is not a lasting thing necessarily, but I'm not going to write it off as potentially being a lasting thing. Jake Berger has been the sort of one cool new thing happening for the White Sox right now. And of course, when we heard Berto from the West Side's rant, he talked about how our only good hitter right now is Jake Berger. I think that that you know, is a little bit of an exaggeration because Luis Robert is capable of hitting the ball to outer space still. Uh, but Aloy is, uh, is a very good hitter. Yeah. Berger and that's, a, that's another one. If, if you don't want to get rid of Berger, you get rid, you, you, you put Aloy out there you, or Vaughn, frankly. You, you, somebody in that group, uh, certainly Sheets, uh, somebody in that group can go without suddenly we got a huge hole that we got to fill with nobody. I mean, uh, two, which, of them, which it, two of them. I, I think if you're talking about Berger, Jimenez, Vaughn, and Sheets, two of them can go. Two of them can go. You should try to get rid of two of those guys. 
We've got that. At, we talk about this all the time. We have our slew of DH first basemen. Why? Why do we have so many? Get rid of two of them. Not. A, I, I'd be fine if you got rid of three if it got us some decent prospects. Because there's just nothing brewing if we do not make some moves as a seller at this deadline. And I'm oh, not and sure that we will be. One One category that we didn't get into was relief pitchers. The only one who there's not at least an option for for next year, I think, is uh, Renato Lopez, but he's been pretty awful. Completely uh, lost one, his stock. One who Completely can, lost and his the, trade The stock. Dodgers and the Mariners both have serious relief problems, and they're both Mariners trying to contend. The Dodgers definitely in contention. And I'm sure other people do. Graveman has been pitching very well. Yeah. Uh, that's one... Uh, Kelly's been on and off. Somebody might want Kelly uh, because he could be brilliant. And then the next time out, he's awful. Graveman's very been consistently very good. I think you could get something pretty decent for him. And people in contention need relievers. Yeah, I mean, I think right now you'll get more for Graveman than you probably deserve for Graveman. I I think Graveman uh, is is solid. Has been pitching very well, of course. He. Absolutely should not be a White Sox player at the end of the trade deadline. You, you have to get rid of Kendall Graveman because people give up way too much for relief pitchers when they're desperate. And there are teams that are absolutely desperate right now for relief pitching. Uh, it would have been nice if Lopez had shown any sign of still being good, but he has no trade value at this point. Uh, I agree with you on Kelly. I think somebody will want Kelly just because uh, he does seem to still have something left in the tank. It's It comes and goes, but when it's there, it's really impressive. Uh, and he can eat up a, a, a couple innings mid-game for you, um, as we've seen, because our pitchers remain incredibly inefficient. Uh, but we should, I guess, at least shout out briefly to Lance Lynn for the 16 strikeout oh, yeah. performance. Yeah. Uh, which happened. He did not get the win. In fact, we ended up losing a 16 strikeout game by four runs, which is embarrassing and tells you everything you need to know about the 2023 White Sox. But what a game. What a game. I mean, it was it was fun to see him in the zone like that. Lance Lynn, who I certainly don't think of as a 16 strikeout guy, uh, had everything working, including a, a very impressive curveball going for the day. Oh, remember he, we we when he first used that curve early in this year ago, he, we we talked about it at length. He got a curveball. Where the hell did he get a curveball? Where that come from? And people were missing it all over. And it seems like between then and now, he did not have any feel for it. You know, he'd throw it once or twice and yeah. it wasn't going anywhere near what he wanted to do or it was going to roll cue. Uh, but yeah, it was really impressive the other night. He's, so yeah, I mean, if he comes back, that, that's good for the team. That's good I, for personally, I personally think they should have left him in to let him try to get to 20. They took him out after the bunt, which in my opinion, I was like, it doesn't make sense because that's not an out. So he still has a chance at 20 strikeouts. <laughs> uh, yes, he was at 113 pitches, but I don't see why you don't just let Lance Lynn throw up to 150 or 200. What, what are you trying to do? Save him? Who cares? He's going <laughs> to run out of gas next month anyway. So let him throw it all now. Give him this big chance to do it. I didn't like that they took him out, even though, of course, everything logical says you take him out at all. 113 pitches 
But it would have been nice to see him have a chance to, to really go for it. I really don't understand why you send him out for the eighth and then take him out after one pitch when it was just a bunt hit. Uh, it's not like he had no hitter going or a perfect game going. Uh, but, yeah, kudos to Lance. That was fun to watch. That was the highlight, although we lost the game, uh, which just tells you everything <laughs> you need to know. When you, you know, the, the Dodgers had a, a rookie come up last week who threw six no-hit innings, and the Dodgers ended up losing that game. And, uh, you know, the Lance Lynn thing felt very comparable. If you have your starting pitcher come out, do something great, and then no run support, and the bullpen can't get it done. So kudos to Lance. I don't really think this is going to be some major turnaround where we see Ace, Lance, Lynn uh, back at it. But it, it was very exciting to watch. That was, that was the absolute highlight of being a White Sox fan. Uh, over the last couple of weeks. Before we sign off today, though, let's uh, let's look at moving forward. So we've got Boston uh, at home. Um, Boston is, you know, one of those teams that if they were in any other division, or if they were in our division, I should say, would probably easily be in first place. But they are in that brutal, brutal ALE, which currently is all teams that probably should go to the playoffs. Um, some of them will not because that's not how it works. But uh, Boston, I, I don't anticipate an intensely successful series against the Red Sox. Uh, Giolito, though, could get it done tonight. I, I could certainly see that happening. Uh, then they're going to come out here to Anaheim after that, uh, which I will probably try to attend next Wednesday night for the Giolito and Otani game. Uh, That is the one that seems to be the most promising. Uh, Let me look right now. Tickets as low as $4, uh, which also tells you that the Angels fan base is not sold that their team has turned (laughs) it around either. If you can get $4 tickets on an Otani night, uh, that's, that's, pretty absurd uh but that's that's the game to watch there so boston at la and then we go to oakland hallelujah (laughs) i know but you'd never know i i'm not sitting here thinking oh we'll get three wins in oakland it's a series we could win um but i'm not sure we're that much better than the 20 win oakland A's right now even though they're intentionally trying to lose in that franchise uh I think this could be a really rough week for the White Sox. I'm not including Oakland in that because we're a little over a week out from that. But the the Red Sox and then coming to, to Anaheim, I think it's going to be yeah. a tough week. I think this could be a week where we lose five of those seven games. And I'm, th- I'm thinking, oh, is it four games in L.A.? I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, we got uh, four, four in L.A., yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it could be five. Either three, three, and maybe they could split in LA. Maybe one and two. Anyhow, who knows? In in that time, you've got Giolito throwing twice and Cease throwing once, so there are opportunities to win games there. Uh, but I I certainly don't think this is going to be the week that things turn around for the White Sox. I there's just no way. Boston is better, and uh, Anaheim is better which is a weird thing to ever say ever about the Angels, but they're better than the White Sox. So I don't have uh, a lot of hope moving forward. 
Um, but before we sign off, do you have any final thoughts? No, there's just so little to final thought. <laughs> I know, I know. We will uh, be back next week, and I'm sure the trade talks will be a little more intensified, although that will still put us a month out from the deadline. So uh, I don't think there will be any major moves between now and then. Uh, but thanks so much for listening. Hopefully we come back next week talking about our magical seven-game winning streak. Uh, there we but go. If not... If not, it will be a little more typical day when we see you again here on Sharing Socks.